The following message is from New Life Gillette series, Follow Me. This week, Zach Poitra presents part four of this series. It's great to be with you. We want to say good morning to our online viewers. We see you and we're glad you are here. We want to say uh, welcome to the people in the prison and in the jail and also welcome to everybody here in our auditorium. Uh, we've been in this series called Follow Me, and Pastor Paul and Pastor Mike have been talking about some great sermons about how we can follow Jesus better. And today I get to talk about mentorship and one of these things that I really, really uh, think is important in our life. But when we say the word mentor or we talk about mentorship, we think of this grandioso process that is uh, special and hard to understand. And it only happens between, you know, this master and this student. So today I'm, I'm going to try to humanize it a little bit and we're going to go through the Bible and talk about some mentorship that we see there. And uh, I really do think that there is two kinds of mentorship. The one that we're familiar with is the, the teacher and student mentorship. And then the other one that we have is uh, what I call peer-to-peer mentorship. Um, friends and family, people that you know really well, uh, you can share things with each other and help each other to uh, live better or to help uh, fix things that maybe you're not doing as well. Um, and I really do believe that relationships are what help build mentorship. You can go and there you go. So to have good mentorship, we have to have good relationship. So we're going to talk about some of the relationships that we see in the Bible today. And that means, that peer-to-peer and that relationship means doing life together. That means going through the high times, the low times, when you're, when you're really happy or really sad. And that, that mentorship can help you to get through things and help you to become a better person, help you to become the person that Jesus created us to be. So I want to talk about my story. I have a story of mentorship, and it actually started back before I worked at the coal mine. Um, If you guys heard me speak last time, I spent about a decade uh, working for Black Thunder. It's a great coal mine, and I I met a lot of great people there. But before I got hired on full-time, there was a program that the the mine would do for college kids. Um, If you had a parent that worked at the mine, you could go work at the mine with them and get paid really good money, work on the same crew, same shift, 12-hour shifts, and you get, you get to have a summer where you could build up a lot of funds to pay for school. And so I got hired on. My dad worked in the plant, and so I was really excited because I love working with my dad. My dad's a great worker. He's taught me a lot of things, and as a child, I got to help him on a lot of great projects. So I was going to get to go to the big boy plant. Um, I had never seen a coal mine before, and I had some images in my head that didn't didn't really match up to this. This is pretty complex. But so I got hired on, but I wasn't going to get to work with my dad. I was going to get to work with this guy named Jeff. And I didn't know who Jeff was and didn't really matter to me. But I went through the training. If you know anything about mines, you have MSHA, you have other trainings, you have all these paperwork to do. So I did a couple weeks of that. And then I got to finally get into the plant. And before they start each shift, they have a morning meeting where they tell you where you're going to go, what you're going to do, maybe some safety topics or how the mine's doing. And so I'm tucked in the back trying to be a nobody because I am a nobody and I don't know what's going on. And um, I'm listening and this guy taps me on the shoulder and I look back and I look up because this dude's super tall. He's skinny, but he's muscled up. He's not wearing any sleeves because, of course, it's summer. you got to have the guns out, right? And he says, hey, are you Zach? And I'm like, yeah, who are you? He said, okay, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Hey, we're doing this meeting, and I look back. You know those old westerns where the doors 
flipping open and closed because somebody ran through it. That was Jeff. He was gone. It's like, okay, I guess we're not doing the meeting. So I go outside. He's like, all right, get all your stuff on. We're going to walk you through the plan. And I didn't know what that meant. Looking at the plan, I thought we were going to walk around and talk about it. But no, that's not what Jeff does. So I get on my hard hat. If you guys have ever been to the mine, you get to wear a lot of fun stuff. Get a hat, hard hat on. I got these indestructible $2 safety glasses that I got to wear. Uh, a respirator because we're working in the plant. It's dusty. And then it's noisy, so we have earplugs on. And then because we actually use Carhartt for what it's designed for, not like in Portland. So I have Carhartt on to protect my legs and everything like that. And then I have boots on to protect. I'm like, holy cow, why didn't we just put on a spacesuit? This must be the most dangerous place on earth. So I get all my stuff on and Jeff wants to walk me through this plant, right? Because if he tells me to go to the head house, does anybody know where the head house is at? Exactly. So he wants me to know where I can go and how this plant works and stuff like that. So we start down here in this primary crusher and we walk down through it. There's no elevator. Then we walk up the incline. No elevator once again. We get into this building, walk down. And about this point, I started realizing that this guy was in a lot better shape than I was. Uh, I can't breathe, mainly because I have a respirator on, and we're walking a ton. And so I'm that young college kid that I did a lot of sports in high school. I'm in pretty good shape, but this guy's killing me. He's walking up these things like it's no big deal. And so he's waiting for me at the top, and I finally get up to the top, and I can't breathe. I'm trying to breathe. And during this entire process, Jeff's trying to talk to me and tell me what's going on in this plant so I understand. And I can't hear anything. I can't hear a thing. I can't hear over my breathing. I can't hear over the machinery that's running. And then I look up and he's gone already. So I tell you this story about Jeff because if you just met Jeff and you got to work with him maybe once or twice, you'd be like, dude's a really good worker. He's a phenomenal worker. But what they don't understand and what they won't get to experience is the person that Jeff is. So I get these three months to work with him. And over that time period, when we start getting this downtime, when we're driving in the truck, he starts asking me about me. He starts asking me about, what are you going to do after college? What's your plans? You know, who's your family? At the time, I had a daughter. And he got to know about my daughter. And he got to know about my family. And he knew my dad because my dad worked out there. But he took the time to really start to get to know me. I had never had a boss before ever care about me or my family or anything. And so we're building this relationship together. We're starting to become friends. And then on top of that, Jeff's teaching me in a way that I can't quite understand. Once again, I'm a college student, and he's teaching me to do things that all these other guys are doing. He's teaching me to weld. He's teaching me how to cut metal with a torch. He put me in a big loader and allowed me to drive around and pick up loads and stuff like that. And so he's, he's giving me this time to learn on my own. He'll teach me for a little bit, and then he'll just let me go and do it. I'm like, I don't think any other college kids are getting to do this stuff. And so during that time, I started feeling like I was an apprentice to Jeff. I really started finding a passion for what he did because of the way he taught and what he, how he worked. And so about a month and a half in, I was like, I want to do this for a living. I love the way that he works. I want to be the next Jeff. And so he kind of talked me into... Um, going on full-time, and then that's a different story. But the time that I got to spend with Jeff was amazing. The mentorship that he was training me and how much time and energy he spent into knowing who I was. And because of that, I trusted him. And I trusted him enough that 
I listened to everything he said. I wouldn't argue with him. When he said something, I believed him because I knew he wanted the best for me. So uh, during COVID, Jeff got sick and my dad said, hey, you should reach out. You haven't been at the coal mine since 2017. It's been five years or something since you've seen him. You should call him. Like, I know how good of friends you guys were when you did work at the mine. So I called him and we got a, a breakfast set up. And man, when I saw Jeff, it was like coming home. It was like getting to see your best friend from childhood. We sat and talked and we laughed and we told stories. And hey, remember when we, we poured that concrete over there and this stuff? And it was just so good to see Jeff. And to be honest with you, I would still follow Jeff. He would still be the kind of person that I would take mentorship from because he was such an amazing person. And we have that relationship that is so important. So I remember remembering Jeff is a lot like this video. Let's watch this. I don't recall what I got for my first Christmas. I don't know when I went on my first outdoor picnic, but I do remember the first time I heard the sweetest voice in the wide world. I had never seen anything so beautiful in my life. She was like an angel. You're gonna sit down, aren't you? It's kind of a funny movie. I love Forrest Gump. Yours. I don't recall what I got for my first Christmas. But uh, Forrest is so. Yeah, he's so great because he conveys this message so well. He says, I don't remember what I got for Christmas. I don't remember all these times I probably should remember, but I do remember this person and how special they were to me. And so we're going to get to talk about Timothy today and Paul and the Apostle Paul. Um, Timothy is a epistle in the, new, uh, in the New Testament, and the epistle is nothing more than a letter. So this letter is written to Timothy, who is not with Paul, but Paul did uh, train him for a time. So let's get in and let's see what 2 Timothy looks like. I see it on my thing over here, but I don't see it up here. Okay. Oh, there we go. We got her. So we're going to skip the first two verses, but we'll get into three here. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Paul conveys this, um, this idea that Timothy is so important to him that he remembers him in his prayers. Let's go on. Remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Paul is telling us and also Timothy, how much he means, how much I wish we could get back together like me and Jeff. When we got back together, it was like old friends. It's so good to see you. I missed you. And so Paul is actually writing this letter to Timothy from jail. So you imagine, imagine what Paul is he's feeling, he's feeling a little himself and he's, he's missing his best, his best, as good of his good. And so, so Paul uses those specific words to convey his emotions. And we get to read that and understand that Paul really does care for Timothy. And it's kind of like my life group. I know a lot of you guys are in life groups. And my life group has been so amazing that um, guys want to do more than what we actually ask them to do. So we usually do seasons. Guys are like, why don't we just do this all year long? Like, we're friends. I don't, why would we stop this? And so guys constantly are saying how much they're looking forward to Thursday nights because men get to get together and talk and we get to eat and we could talk about Jesus. We can talk about the things we're learning. And a lot of times these guys get to talk about what they're struggling through. And they get these men around them that are godly men and they can teach them, hey, what should I do in this situation? What, you know, I'm feeling this, I'm doing this. I, my life is, 
my life is upside down. I don't understand where to go, but your life seems to be put together. I don't, I don't understand where to go from here. Can you help me out? And so they get the support and they get this mentoring that they, that they need to continue to live better and better. And the best thing is these guys are looking forward to this. And that's, that's just like Paul. He, he's looking forward to the time where him and Timothy can be back together. And so um, let's, let's go to Timothy 5. I like this one. I really think this is good. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in you, in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice. And now I'm convinced is also in you. So what Paul's talking about here is he's talking about the Jewish faith. He's talking about the grandmother and mother were Jewish. Now, Timothy's dad was actually Greek, but Timothy would have grown up in the Jewish faith. He would have understood the laws, the customs, and all those things. And so when we talk about those good times that you spend together with people, those are a connection that helps you to talk to that person, right? So imagine being able to speak the language like a Jewish person, because they lived in a place where there was lots of different religions, lots of different languages to speak. But when Paul and Timothy could talk, because Paul was also a Jewish person, he grew up in the faith and then he became a Pharisee. So now they have this connection of language also. They can talk to each other in a way that they can understand each other. And I'll, I'll say it like this. Uh, as you all probably know, Pastor Mike loves football. And Pastor Paul loves football. And so when we have our morning meetings, me, Mitch, and Grant don't watch any sports. And Mike will come in. He's so excited. He's like, guys, did you watch the game last night? It was so good. Kansas City destroyed that team. And you'll see me, Mitch, and Grant looking at each other. And we'll try to help out. We're like, yeah, Mike, they did a great job. They made a lot of runs. And they caught a lot of balls. And they ran a lot of laps. And Mike's like, I don't like any of you. I don't know why I hired you guys. You don't watch sports. And when I'm excited, you're not excited. You just say dumb things. And so there's a language barrier there because we don't watch football. And so I, I can't understand the emotions that Mike's having. So language is another connection that is so important for Timothy and Paul. And it's also a connection for me and Jeff when we can talk. We can talk about the mind or all these different things. And those connections are really important to your um, to your relationship and your mentorship. Let's go on to Timothy 6 and 7. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift that God, the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. That part got me every time, the laying on my hands. And it actually is a focal point for us. It should be, because Paul is talking about the ordination. Timothy is a pastor. And the Apostle Paul actually ordained Timothy to become a pastor. So when we talk about these epistles, these letters, these are actually called the pastoral letters because Paul was a very good pastor. And we learn a lot from um, the Apostle Paul on how to pastor, how to live our lives. And so Timothy is a pastor. And they're saying that, um, that Timothy, in the place he was, was not pastoring like Paul taught him to pastor. There's a little laxity in his pastoring. And Paul's trying to fire him up so that he can continue to do the work that God called him to do. And that's really hard to hear, isn't it? Isn't it hard to be at work and somebody tells you you're not doing a good job? You don't like that. Nobody likes that. But imagine when a friend comes to you and says, hey, I know what you can do. I know how good you are. What do you, I think you could do this better, you know? And it's, it's so much easier to listen to a friend that you know cares for you and loves you and is not trying to destroy you or, or bring you down. It's even better coming from a mentor. Can you imagine Timothy hearing this encouragement 
from his good friend and also the person who taught him how to become a pastor. And so that will fire Timothy up to be able to, to pastor the way that he needs to pastor. And we're going to talk a little bit more about why he fears what he fears, but we're going we're gonna to do this first. Uh, you can imagine that your parents are extremely good mentors for you. You guys, most of you probably trust and care for your parents. My parents, I go to for information all the time. When I'm dealing with something I don't understand, a lot of times I go to my dad. My dad is always great about saying, hey man, I'm going to give you some advice and you can take it or leave it, but it's really up to you how you can use this. And so this is what Paul is doing with Timothy. Let's go on to Timothy 13. Hold on to the pattern of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are Jesus Christ. So, in the time period they're living in right now, and this may be different for us because we know Jesus, we speak Jesus. We don't speak Old Testament, right? We don't speak Old Covenant. They're actually going from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant, and it's a new time. They're actually starting, they're, they're preaching Jesus. They're not preaching the laws and all the things that were before. So this is a change in how they're doing uh doing church and doing religion. And the religious leaders that are Jews don't want to give this up. And so what's happening is Paul is being beaten. He's been thrown in jail. They put chains on him. They're kicking him out of towns because they don't want to hear him preach. So can you imagine what Timothy is feeling at this time? He's a new pastor teaching a new teaching. And he's, he's scared. He doesn't, he doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to get thrown into prison or be thrown into chains. And so this passage says that you have to have, well, the passage before says you have to have strength in the Lord. Don't have a heart of fear, but be strong in God. I know that you're scared. So Paul, even though he's sitting in chains right now, writing to Timothy, he's like, I'm telling you, follow Jesus. I know it's a hard way, but I'm telling you to still follow Jesus, even though these things are happening to me. Can you imagine Paul and Timothy walking, talking, and uh, Timothy's like, you know, I grew up with the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. I understand the laws and stuff. I don't know about this Jesus, though, Paul. Like, I never met the guy. I don't, I don't know if he's really a god. I don't know if he's really God at all. And Paul's like, hey, let me tell you this story. When I was riding on this horse one time, the skies opened up, and Timothy's like, Paul, please don't tell me this story about how you met Jesus again. Please don't tell me that. He's like, hold on. I'm going to get to the best part. Timothy's like, okay, I'll hear the story again. Paul is an apostle, and because he's an apostle, that means that he met Jesus. He had a connection with Jesus. The only way you can become an apostle is by having a connection with Jesus. And Paul is trying to tell Timothy, I know that it's hard for you to believe this, but I met Jesus. He changed my life. He changed me from the person I was, a man that was persecuting the church, that was killing people, that would go into houses and pull Christians out of their house. He's saying, Timothy, I was, I was a sinner, and Jesus saved me. So I know it's hard for you to believe, but believe it because I've seen it, and I experienced it. Let's get into 2 Timothy 15. You know that all those in the province of Asia have deserted me, including, I'll butcher this, Thangelis and Hermonides, May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Oniphorus because he often refreshes me and was not ashamed of my chains. So Timothy's in this place where the people of Asia are. Paul went to Asia and trained pastors and now they're, they're falling away because they're scared. They're scared of what's coming. They're scared that they'll die just like Jesus did or they'll be thrown in jail just like Paul is. And so people are falling away, but Paul is still 
Paul still is really excited about the house of Oniferous because this is that period of period. There's people that are still pouring into Paul and they're not scared of the chains. They're not scared of being beaten or thrown in jail. They're, they're, Paul's really, really excited that he has people like Oniferous on there. He, he points him out specifically. And this peer-to-peer mentorship is, is just a friendship. It's what you already have. Most of you have this. You just don't understand. And you, I'm not going to say you don't understand it because you probably do. But this peer-to-peer mentorship is just a friendship. And you can imagine that when you remember your friends and you remember those good times, you remember uh, some of the times you were messing around or having fun, looked probably a lot like this. Let's watch this video. Hey. Hey. Good to see you. How are you? Always oh, like Hold on. Turn that off. Um, what are you doing? What's up? Go ahead. Come on. What do you got? What do mermaids wash their fins with? <laughs> Tide. The first part was funnier. You should have never thrown the punchline. That was terrible. Did you know in King Arthur's time, one of the knights of the round table collected taxes? His name was Surcharge. Yeah. <laughs> Top that. What did the fried rice say to the shrimp? Fry your rice. Don't walk away from me. <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Did you hear Steve Harvey and his wife got into a fight? <laughs> That's not real, is it? Yeah. It was a family feud. <laughs> those are the memories that stick. That's what makes it special. That Those people that you trust to speak into your life. Those are the things you remember. You remember the stupid inside jokes that nobody else gets. You remember the times you had fun laughing and caring about each other and just being you. And so... We've talked about these two different forms of uh, mentorship, the, the teacher and the student and the peer-to-peer and how relationship is a key to that. And I really, truly do believe that Paul and Timothy evolved into a friendship and evolved into this peer-to-peer mentorship because Timothy becomes a pastor and he can start speaking on the level that Paul is. And so they ended up friends. And that's really important. You can go to the next one. So how do we apply this? Because as I've said, you probably already have this mentorship going on. The main thing that we can do is listen. Listen to each other. And right now, in this time and age that we live in, we think that this is knowledge. We think that we are so smart, we don't have to learn from each other. Why would we? We have this. If I need to know something, I'll go to YouTube or I'll I'll go to Google. This is how I learn my life. But then we find that we're lonely and we fall into places we don't understand. We put ourselves in situations we can't understand. And we have people there that are trying to speak life into us, but we're like, hey man, I don't need to hear from you. I don't need you dragging me down. Because you're just, you're telling me I'm just living my life wrong. But they're not telling you you're living your life wrong. They're trying to help you and mentor you. Can you imagine the things that Jesus saw us believing in while he was walking on this earth? You know, Jesus walks up to this guy who's sitting there with a toad in his hand. He's like, what are you doing? Well, Jesus, if you lick this toad three times, you tap it on the head four times, you could walk 12 miles in half the time. And Jesus is like, what are you? Where did my design go so wrong that you guys believe in this weird things? Can you also imagine Jesus and how his heart just broke because he saw some of the things that we were fighting over? Some of the things that we thought were truth? He's, that's not truth. I am truth. And... You guys are destroying your relationships over all this. And so the challenge 
for you guys this week is that you would be able to listen to one another. You can go to the next one, John. Listen to understand. And by that, I mean this thing right here can be our biggest enemy. When you're listening to somebody and you're getting offended and you're already ready to fight back, you're not actually listening. What you're doing is you're having a conversation up here or you're having a battle up here. So if you can shut your mind down and listen to what people are saying, you're going to understand what they're trying to tell you. And then once you hear what they're trying to tell you, then you can discern whether you're going to put this into practice or not. Because learning information is great, and people tell you to read and tell you to learn all these things, but that's not going to change your life. Listening to information, doing this, you listening to me is not going to change your life. What does change your life, you can go to the next one, John, is putting into practice. That's where we find the growth, right? It's when you change what you're doing. You change how you, uh, how you handle situations. You change how you treat your children, how you love your wife, how you love your husband, how you work at work. That takes practice and it takes work. That's where the growth is. So listening is just the first part of it. Putting into practice is the second part of it. But this week, I, I would just ask you that you take the time to listen to the people who love you that are around you, that are trying to help you out and mentor you. Uh, Mitch, the one that was up on the TV earlier doing the funny announcements, is one of my best friends. And I talked to him a couple days ago, and I, I'm, I was struggling through something, and I still am. And I got to see him last night. I was here preaching, and then I, I went over to his house because he lives close, and he said, you know... I was really thinking about you all day. I was thinking about your problem that you have going, that you're going through, and I was just trying to think of how I could help you out. I was like, you were thinking about me all day? Why? You have a family you have? He's like, because I know you're struggling, and I want to help you. He said, so there's actually something that I read that you should read, and this is what it says. And, you know, that's that peer-to-peer -peer mentorship. That's where people are helping out people when they have problems, and he cares so much about me that he was able to share something with me that I'm gonna to try to put into practice. I'm gonna to try to go at this problem a little bit differently. And so the church is actually going to start because we believe in mentorship. We believe in discipleship. We're gonna put into place a new program for our volunteers where we can start putting this into practice, this mentorship between people. And some of it will be like a student teacher kind of, kind of mentorship, but we're also going to put into place this peer-to-peer -peer mentorship because we do believe in this and we believe the Bible teaches this. So in the future, you will see something coming in the fall. I won't talk about it too much, but I, I hope you guys will like it. You'll be excited for it, and I hope a lot of people will grow from that. Uh, let's pray. God, thank you for this wonderful morning. God, we thank you for all these people in this wonderful auditorium that we can meet and we can serve you and we can worship you, God. I pray for this congregation that you will help them to listen and grow this week. I pray for their families and I pray for their finances and I pray for their work, God, that you can continue to work through these people and God, your will will be done. We thank you for all this in your blessed name. Amen.